0: Um, I'm, I'm excited about today. I, I love the story, uh, that we're, we're going to talk about. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things, it's really just a snippet in scripture, but it's a snippet three different times. They, they, they talk about it. It's pretty awesome. Um, but it's easily missed. It's just one of those things. Um, and you know, we're going to be in Isaiah told you, uh, for a little bit. Uh, so we're going to be tracking along and I know last Sunday, uh, John shared some different things, but just get back on track and I'm not gonna back up and and try to cram two two messages into one or anything uh, this time so uh, we'll just we'll just continue on so we're gonna be in Isaiah today um, and uh, I hope you're just encouraged by what he shares and and you know our hope so uh, let me pray and we we'll, we'll dig in God uh, again we just thank you for being here with us thank you for providing uh, your plan that we get to be a part of. God, in, 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 this, in this moment in time, uh, we get to be a part of the church, the bride of Christ, his, his body, God. Thank you. Thank you that we're not alone, that we have each other, all messed up, wretched, imperfect, each other. <laughs> that we get to come into a place like this and we're forgiven. There's grace, God. There's unity in Christ, for those who believe, those who cry out, for those who sur- have surrendered, God, we're, we're so excited for our future home, but we're not home yet, God, and there is work to be done, and sometimes, God, um, we get tied up in the wrong work, and it's easy to do, and we get out here, and we're fighting fights that we were never meant to fight, and so, Lord, as, as we share the word today, I, I just pray that we listen. God, and, th- and that we're obedient, that we're yielded to the spirit in our life. That we love your word, God, that, that we're in it. And not just for the sake of knowledge, but for relationship, God, because we want to know you. and We want to be obedient, and ultimately, I hope our heart is. We want to bring glory to your name and how we live and what we say. Thanks so much for loving us to send your son. In His name, Amen. So Isaiah, we talked about major, minor prophets, and I won't go into that whole history lesson today. Uh, but Isaiah is the, the first of the major prophets, and uh, Jesus quoted Isaiah more than any other prophet, and uh, and you know, and the, the, even the New Testament um, uh, speaks to Isaiah more than anything else. And, I, and Isaiah contains the most prophecies about Jesus, you know. And so uh, I love I love this book. I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, the reading in it because uh, it's just awesome the details and accuracy that is written in there <laughs> I just amaz- it's just it's so awesome um, and I know it it's uh, if you know who God is right and and God's God and and He can do anything and that kind of puts things in perspective real quick but just in my finite mind like it's just amazing uh, that all this stuff was written way back here and and, and the extreme accuracy. As it was fulfilled, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. I misspoke a couple weeks ago. I said um, that Isaiah and Micah were from the the northern kingdom. They're not, they're from the southern kingdom. I, I don't know why I said that. Uh, my dyslexia knows no bounds, um, it just goes all over the place sometimes. But uh, just a reminder Isaiah is from Jerusalem, so he's in the southern kingdom of, of Judah. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about today, because so, something's going down. Uh, there's this army, it's called Assyria, or nation, right? They eventually become Babylon, and uh, they're, they're pretty, it's a pretty messed up place. Uh, we, we talked about Jonah and Nineveh, and Nineveh is a, the capital of Assyria. And, at, you know, and so when Jonah ends up finally being obedient to God, right, uh, what happened? They repented, right? Yay! They didn't stay there. <laughs> kind of like Israel, funny thing. Kind of like us, funny thing. Um, you know, they, they ended up uh, serving the bales, is, is really what's going on. And, you know, they, they become, Assyria ends up becoming the first world superpower. Uh, and they're big and they're bad and they're mean and they can do what they want to do. <laughs> you know, nobody's, nobody's going to stop Assyria. And so uh, they, they've already, they're knocking out nation after nation, including the northern kingdom of Israel, right? Uh, so we know Israel's been disobedient and shocker. Um, and they just go through this cycle, and this time, uh, God lets them go into captivity, and and uh, Isaiah actually prophesies about this, and, and so it's happening. So we're gonna pick up uh, 2 Kings, chapter 17. I wore, a, I accidentally put on Under Armour heat gear under this shirt. I'm like dying. It's so hot. We need to turn the air down about 50 degrees. Oops. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. We'll just feel the heat. It's the Lord. All right. 2 Kings seventeen five through 20, it says, Then the king of Assyria invaded all the land and came to Samaria, and Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom. And for three years he besieged it. And, and what we really know was going on, they, they shut down the borders, and they wouldn't let any food or drink come in and out. And so three years. It got ugly, man. I mean, there was people eating people like it was it got ugly uh, there. It was just nasty. All right. And so that's what Assyria is doing. They're just waiting them out because they can. And uh, in the ninth year of Hosea, and that was the that was the king. Um, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and he carried the Israelites away to Assyria and placed them in Hala and on the harbor, the river of Gozan and in the city of the Medes. And this occurred, don't miss it. This occurred because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods and walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel and in the customs that the kings of Israel had practiced. And the people of Israel did secretly, they thought they were getting away with it, right? You ever been there? (laughs) And did secretly against the Lord, their God, things that were not right. They built for themselves high places in all their towns from the watchtower to the fortified city. They set up for themselves pillars and ashram on every high hill under every green tree. And they were made and, and they and there they made offerings on all the high places. And as the nations did whom the Lord And as the nations did, whom the Lord carried away before them, and they did wicked things, provoking the Lord to anger, and they served idols, of which the Lord had said to them, You shall not do this. Yet the Lord warned Israel and Judah by every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes in accordance with the law that I commanded your fathers, and that I sent to you by my servants, the prophets, so what's going on here? They've turned back to things that the Egyptians they learned with the Egyptians and and other cultures around them, and they I'm, and again like <laughs> it's like don't you know better, and, and here they're doing it again, you know, and, and so the northern kingdom has already been taken, and the southern kingdom we're about to learn is following suit, and uh, and so in the middle of this is a is a really interesting story, but it says in verse 14, but they would not listen. Sound familiar? But we're stubborn as their fathers had been, who did not believe in the Lord their God. They despised his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and the warnings that he gave them. They went after false idols and became false, and they followed the nations that were around them, concerning whom the Lord had commanded them, that they should not do like them. And they abandoned all the commandments of the Lord their God and made for themselves metal images of two calves, and they made an Asherah and worshiped all the host of heaven and served Baal and they burned their sons and daughters as offerings and they used divination and omens and sold themselves sold themselves to do the to do evil in the sight of the Lord provoking him to anger therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight none was left but the tribe of Judah only Crazy, crazy. So God is bringing the discipline, man. He's bringing it. They had turned to some, I mean, awful stuff, man. And they're listening, and they're listening to the world around them. You know, your God's not. You're ah, don't obey His command. Like do this our way, and they fall for it. And I just, again, I know it's easy to read this and think that was so long ago. But don't think for one second that we're not above it. The world's voice is very, very loud. It's very loud. Jesus ain't coming back. Y'all are fools, man. That ancient book, like, sure, it's got some good stories in it, but it's not real. Jesus didn't defeat death. Come on, man. Like, you can't prove any of this. This is a joke. Why are you wasting your time in church? It's just a joke. It's just a waste. Religious is Religion's just there to control people. You've fallen for it. Suckers. The world's voice is loud, and it's a lot worse than that. It's loud. And it's honestly, if you're not walking with the Lord, it's super easy to follow it. It's easy. You want to know why? Because your flesh actually yearns for that version, right? That's what the Bible tells us your flesh is an enemy with God, it is at odds with God. So your just natural state is to to go along, to do what you know you shouldn't do, to go against the commandments of God. And here we see Israel going through it again. It says in Isaiah, we're going to jump over to Isaiah chapter 30. um, And I think we might be in Isaiah the rest of the time. Yep. So if you want to flip over to the book of Isaiah, or it will nicely be up on the screen. Thank you, Lyndon. Isaiah chapter 30, 7 through 11, it says, Egypt's help is worthless and empty. Therefore, I have called her Rahab who sits still and now go write it before them on a tablet and inscribe it in a book that it may be for the time to come as a witness forever. Hello. It's for us. OK, <laughs> for they are a rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord who says to the seers, do not see and to the prophets. Do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things. There's a verse in the New Testament that talks about tickling your ears. Just tell us what we want to hear. You know, tell us it's okay. It's not okay. I'm never going to tell you that. The Satan is at his game, and he'll never stop, and your flesh wants it, and if you're not walking with the Lord, you're going to fall for it every time. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy illusions, leave the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. I love this part. Oh, you don't want to hear from the Holy One? So in verse 12, therefore, thus says the Holy One. (laughs) Since you don't want to hear it, you're going to hear it anyway. The Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perversiveness and rely on them, therefore, this iniquity shall be to you. Like a breach in a high wall, bulging out and about to collapse, whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant. And its breaking is like that of the potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found with which to take fire from the earth or to dip up water out of the cistern. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel In returning, listen to this, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust, shall be your strength. But you were unwilling. Church, I want to encourage you today as we ask God to seek us, to show us things that aren't right with Him. As we repent of those things, as we cry out, I'm just I'm just going to guess in a room full this size, some of us are fighting the wrong battles. Some of us have fallen real victim to the Facebook fight, to the political fight. And we can keep going. And we, and again, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. That's God's job. I'm not. But I'm just telling you, there's enough warning in Scripture that talks about letting the Lord fight our battles and, and that we are walking in the Spirit and that we are fighting our battles on our knees. And some of us forget that sometimes. And I do, right? And we try to take the Lord's job and do it our own. And we think we're going to fix something. And we forsake our first love. And we forget the commandments of the Lord. and Before you know it, we're neck deep in a world that we were never meant to be in. And we're fighting a battle in the name of God, but a name with God. It happens all the time. And we wear the Christian banner and we give God a really bad name because we're doing it with him on the sidelines. God tells us how to fight. Again, I'm not telling you what to do. If you're walking with the Lord, he's going to be telling you what to do. He's going to tell you where to engage and where to not. But I do know this. We are absolutely called to rest in Jesus. Absolutely called to rest in Jesus. We are absolutely called to be quiet, right? To be quick, to listen, slow, to what? Speak. And some of us haven't ever taken the time to check our speech. And we'll just rattle off and fight a debate before we can even blink. We never even thought to bring God into it because I'm a Christian Right, My my perspective is right. My opinion is in check. Don't ever forget that you'll walk in the flesh to the day you breathe your last. And it is an enemy of God. Brothers and sisters, we need to be resting with the Lord. We need to be resting with the Lord. We need to be in His Word. listening to what the Word's saying. Learning lessons that are in there over and over and over again. Don't miss this one today. Isaiah... Um, so after, after this happens, uh, evil King Ahaz is, is in the Southern kingdom and he dies and his son takes over Hezekiah. This is awesome. Hezekiah, if you don't know anything about Hezekiah, uh, man, it's good stuff. He's a 25 year old King and he actually loves the Lord. He loves the Lord, you know? And so remember Judah is following, they're following steps of the Northern kingdom. They're doing, uh, what they were doing. And so they're about to be, uh, brought down to, um, but uh, King Hezekiah steps, steps into place here, and uh, he ends up taking down all the high places and the idols and all this stuff. He takes them all down, and he, he gets the law. He gets the book of the law out, and he starts reading it. What a novel idea uh, to get in the Word of God. It's shocker. And uh, some amazing things happen. He obeys it. <laughs> and the whole nation turns around. One guy. One guy catches a fire to, want to to follow God. Of course, he's the king. That helps. But don't let that stop you. And, and he does what God wants him to do, and revival breaks out in the nation, and it started with this guy. He's even, he's even commented that he, he, he loves God like David did. Man, what a compliment. What a compliment. Uh, there's a picture here. Um, I want you to see this because this is so extraordinary. Okay, so this is this is not even super accurate. Judah's really smaller than that. There's the Assyrian Empire. I'm not kidding. For this time, this was a. I mean, this was a major, major superpower, man. Um, they didn't stand a chance. Like this, no one stood a chance against Assyria. Nobody. I mean, they just. Oh, yep. You're ours. Bye. I mean, that, it's just how it was. Uh, they were just so strong and powerful, and so they have taken out the northern kingdom, and they are on the verge of taking out the southern kingdom. And uh, some, some awesome stuff happens. Isaiah 37, um, 33 through 38. This is so good. Again, this story is repeated three times, and uh, it's a short story, but so good. So here's itty-bitty Judah, right? Kind of like God sent itty-bitty Jesus. <laughs> he does cool things. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city Yeah. (laughs) or shoot an arrow. Listen to this. This is awesome. Because this guy repented and turned turned Judah back to God. Listen. He shall, shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return, and he shall not come into this city declares the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And here we go, verse 36. And the angel of the Lord, not 300 of Gideon's men or David's mighty men or Israel at all, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. (laughs) wow, they didn't even have to fight. Now, if God told them to go get all the people and find out who was afraid or drink water and separate them, they would have done that. All King Hezekiah did was open the word of God and actually started following it. And God cleaned house, man. God cleaned house. 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people rose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. The whatever king, I ain't even gonna try that one. Thank you, Richard. So smart. Of Assyria departed and returned home and lived at Nineveh. And as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, Adremelech and Sharazer, his son, struck him down with the sword. After they escaped into the land of Ararat, Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. The big bad army came down and went up against the people who were sold out to God. They didn't stand a chance, man. And I know, church, I know, man, we've talked about it. We'll continue talking about it. The world is insane, and it's crazy, and stuff is just going to happen. It's going to happen. And I will tell you, every day I see you, do your part. And your part is to do what Hezekiah did. Know the Word of God, man. Be in it. Cry out. Stay humble. Repent. Do what he tells you to do. That's the answer. I know we look for other answers, and we want to go fight all these big fights sometimes, and we want to engage things. And again, if God is really leading you into that platform, you better go. He led Moses into a platform to confront Pharaoh. He did. And maybe you're Moses. Great. You're going to be the Go run for president, and guess what God tells you to do, and you'll win. And turn everything around because you're sold out. Awesome. I hope that's you, man. That's great. But for most of us, it's in the everyday, dying to yourself, staying in the Word of God, man, praying and crying out to the Lord, and God will take care of His part. <laughs> you know, Nineveh was lost for a long time. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, non-believers used Nineveh because Nineveh was such a big thing, uh, and it's nowhere to be found until about a hundred years ago, and they, they unearthed it. <laughs> And they've been finding a whole lot of things in Nineveh that are in the Bible, I'm like, oh, that's right. And we love it as Christians when that stuff happens. You know, it's fun, but we're not supposed to gloat, right? But I hope it does give some affirmation and just faith. And that's really what I want to talk about today. Is we want to get down into some of Isaiah's prophecies because they were so incredible uh, and so accurate. Um, and God will do His part. God will do His part. The guy on top went to the bottom real quick. When God spoke, and when God speaks, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And just like Judah won that battle, they didn't. God won it for him. God's going to get victory. He is, and I know we amen that, and I know we say that. But sometimes we get in these little skirmishes, and we think we got to do it all, you know. And God's like, rest in me. I got it. I got it. Isaiah 52. This is a biggie. we got two passages left. They're a little lengthy. I'll try to read fast. You can try to keep up. I'll stumble over some words. It's all good. Isaiah 52, 13 through 15. It says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. This is, this is about Jesus, just so you know. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted as many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told, them they see, and that which they have not heard, they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and he was esteemed and we esteemed him not. Surely he has, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smite, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. We, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, every one, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. Amen. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Oh my goodness. This was written hundreds of years before Jesus shows up. And and this is his life. (laughs) To a T. When God speaks, it's going to happen. He's going to fulfill what he says he's going to do. Every word that details Jesus' life and death. There's so much that Isaiah writes, man. I mean, we if we were going to cover it all, it'd, it'd take a long time. But I want to just give you some hope today um, in this, that, that God does have a plan. And I know sometimes, I know, I feel it sometimes. I have days where I just, ugh, and I just want to give up and it gets disheartening and we get down and and I'm sure we all have our version of that but I want you to get I want you to know there's hope and there's hope for mankind and his name is Jesus his name is Jesus and I know in a room like this we know we know that and we also know that we got to share him and I I always hate asking this question because it feels so arrogant, and I am not, I am not coming from that heart. But I hope this was like I hope whatever answer you got, and I'm not going to make you stand up and say it. But when's the last time, for you? Really, I mean, I just want you to think about that—the gravity of sin that we all have on us, that we had on us and the relief and the freedom that we get in a, in a Savior, when's the last time you actually shared that with someone? There's hope for mankind. Isaiah tells us Jesus' race, his tribe, his family lineage, who his mother was going to be, what area he was from, that he would be God's son, that he would be preceded by a voice, John the Baptist. He would bring good news, what he would do, the cross. Isaiah told us how bleak it would be before the Messiah comes, the shoot that, that comes up from the root. He told us all this stuff. You can have confidence that Jesus is who he said he is, who God said he is. You can be bold. It's, it doesn't matter what people think of you. This is going to happen. It's going to go down. We are all going to stand before God one day. We are. You, me, we're going to do it. And I know, man, hey, Jesus is in our stead. And, and, but the, but the, again, the New Testament is so clear about living a life worthy of the calling of Jesus. That's how it frames it. So let's just think for a second of what Jesus went through right? Isaiah just talked about it. He was beaten so bad that no one recognized him. And even before he was beaten, he was ugly. <gasps> Jeff, you just called Jesus ugly. That's because Isaiah called Jesus ugly. He just didn't use that word. He said he was undesirable. Sorry, there. Is that better? No one desired Jesus. All right? He wasn't a looker. He wasn't David. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't ruddy. All right? He was rejected. That's Jesus. He was rejected. Even down to his appearance, he was rejected. And then he gets beaten beyond recognition, made fun of, spit on, nails driven in, cross. and you're supposed to, and I'm supposed to, be living a life worthy of that. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. And what he asked us to do is share him. When's the last time? We have a job to do. There is hope for our nation, people. There is. America is still standing. It ain't about America, but America is still standing. And I know at times we have been a godly nation. And I know there's arguments there. Well, not every part. No, of course not. There's someone in this church living in sin right now. Yep, there is. Maybe lots of people. Some people just got nervous. We're all sinners, just a reminder, okay? So no matter if our nation's a godly nation or not, it's still going to struggle. It's still going to have mistakes and mess-ups. But I believe that God has had his hand in our country and, and doing good things through, through this nation, and it's not over. Uh, the people, the culture, your neighbors, your subdivision, your whatever, there's still hope. There's still hope for revival, but this I do believe. It's either, it only goes one of two ways for so long. Either we keep going as a nation down an evil path and God has to bring some judgment while we're still on this side of heaven. Or revival breaks out. What are you praying for, church? Are you praying for God to bring the judgment? There's some pretty rough stuff that happens when that comes. But you know what? It works every time. Because God brings his people to a place where they cannot do it without him. He brings us to our knees. Is that what it's going to take? Or are we crying out for revival to break loose and people to turn back to God? Are you praying those big prayers? It's not over. There is hope for our nation. And lastly, there's hope for you. There's hope for me as an individual. And we need to wait on the Lord and trust the Lord. That's what we need to do. Stop fighting fights that you were never intended to fight. And I know some of you are doing it. Fight the fights that God sends you into. He'll provide everything you need. Sometimes he just wants you to pray, and he'll go fight for you. That's in there. He does that. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Sometimes you're going to be praying, and he's like, I need you to go. I need you to go to the Capitol and stand on the stairs and share a message. Then do it. Hey, I need you to go to this. There. Th- then go where he leads you. I'm never going to tell you not to do that. But you need to make sure it's him. The Bible says to test the spirits. You better know the word of God. Satan can look real deceiving. He does it really well. He's been been at it a while. You got to know the shepherd's voice. And you got to do what the shepherd says. There's hope for us. No matter how bleak it looks, I was thinking about that just before Jesus was born, right? And even after Jesus was born, I mean, you know, it wasn't like God quick fixed it, right, through the fast food line. (laughs) I mean, it was tough. People were probably giving up hope. Man, when is the Messiah going to come? And then he shows up, and they don't even believe it's him. Well, he's a baby. That can't be the Messiah, you know. (laughs) And he's not that attractive. The Messiah is going to be a good-looking dude, ruddy. And he wasn't any of those things. And some people missed him. I just missed him, man, and it was bleak, and maybe it feels a little like it does right now. Why won't Jesus come back? Man, this world is just, oh, uh, and it is, oh, uh, and it's been, uh all along, and it ain't going to get better, right? It's going to, and it's crazy. I mean, like, we read stuff that happens in the Bible, and, and I'm sure it's still happening somewhere, but it hasn't been happening in our country very much, And but that day is probably coming if we don't repent and have revival, I'm going to read this. Uh, It's Isaiah 40. I'm going to close with this. Um, The title of the chapter is just comfort for God's people. And I know we talk about this stuff and it's heavy. And and I, I don't want this to be discouraging. I want it to be encouraging because here's the deal. God will do the heavy lifting. Take hope in that. He already has, first of all. Your part really isn't that hard. It's really not. Read his book. Pray. Fellowship with the believers. Be obedient to the call of Jesus in your life. He's going to lead if you'll follow. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's really not that hard. Like It's simple. And yet our flesh just rages war against our spirit. And if we're not walking with God daily, we're going to fall to it all the time. We're going to fall to it all the time. Comfort for God's people. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the flesh shall see it together. The, word, the mouth of the Lord has spoken, and when God speaks, it happens. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field the grass withers the flower fades when the breath of the lord blows on it surely the people are grass the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our god will stand forever mm. go on up to high mountains to the high mountain o zion herald of good news lift up your voice with strength o jerusalem herald of good news lift it up fear not say to the cities of judah behold your god Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in the scales, and the hills in a balance?" Who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult, and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket, and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are counted by him as less than nothing in emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A craftsman cast it? (laughs) A goldsmith overlays it it with gold and casts it for silver chains? He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood. That will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When it blows on them and they wither, And the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then shall you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them out by name, by the greatest of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? and not be faint. Hmm. I know a lot of us have probably heard those last couple of verses. They're plastered all over crochet things and paintings. And I just wanted you to get the context, though. It's not by your own that that's ever going to happen. It's only through him. God's going to finish this. I pray that you find rest in him like we're supposed to. I pray you just surrender to him. I pray if there's some things you need to repent of that you do it. And I pray that you pray. Big, bold, revival-sized prayers because this nation needs it. The world needs it. It started with King Hezekiah, and it happened. What are you doing? Are you in the word? Are you... Searching God, are you seeking his kingdom first? God overthrew the greatest nation of all time up into that point in a night. Because a man opened up a book, his book, read it, and obeyed it. And he sold out to God. Don't give in to the world, brothers and sisters. Don't believe in what they believe in or do what they do or fear what they fear, that's not who we are. That's not who we are. Find rest in him. Trust him. They who wait. They who wait. Father, thank you. Man, this, whew. God, I'm reminded of Job, too, while we were reading that. Just, you, you spoke all this, God. And I know we can't fully even wrap our mind around something like that. God, just in our, in our human element here, God, we, we can't. Those are God-sized things. And I know one day we're going to be with you, and you say, we're going we're gonna to know fully, and that's going to be really neat. But God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the prophecies that on this side of the cross, we get to see that they came true, every single one of them, to extreme detail. Things that were impossible, if it were not for you, God, only you could orchestrate something like that. Thank you for this plan, God. We are praying for revival. I pray that you spark something here at Cross Plains, or I don't, God. It is it, not about Cross Plains, Lord. It is about your church, God. And I pray for an awakening in our people, in your people, God. I pray that we turn back. God, that we let go of the idols that we've created in our culture. Maybe they're not these wooden sculptures or these uh, cast iron covered in gold things. We've, We've made other things, Lord. We're all good at it. Help us to surrender that. Help us to turn back to obedience. God, that we live a life worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ and what he did for each and every one of us. Lord, let us find our Sabbath in him. Let us rest in him. Let us have a heart and a hunger for your word, God. That we love you with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul and all our strength. And then we go out here and we love each other in such a radical way that the world sees it, God. And they know something's different. And then help us to love them. You tell us to love our neighbor. God, some of us need to learn to love ourselves in a healthy way. Lord, we all need your help with every little part. Lead us, guide us, teach us your ways. that we can turn and share that with sinners so that some, someone is looking right now and that someone might be saved. Thank you so much, Lord. Mm. Let us take courage and hope in you. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're gonna stand and sing, and uh, you know, I, I I truly believe repentance is is the heart. I just do, um, and I again, man, we you got to do what God's prompting you to do. I, I don't ever, I don't ever want to like pull emotional strings.